Hey guys, Sam Shah from Wall Street Mastermind. I'm here today with another client interview for you guys. Today, I'm excited to have Santa Lena with us. And uh, she just recently finished her summer internship recruiting process. And she has an amazing story. Um, definitely not your typical candidate for investment banking. And so I wanted to get her on here to talk to you guys because I think a lot of you could honestly really benefit from hearing about her experience and maybe it'll even inspire you to do um, things you weren't even thinking about doing before. So Santa Lena, I wanna thank you for taking the time to uh, talk to us today. All right, thank you so much, Sam, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to start out, maybe you can just introduce yourself a little bit and give people kind of a sense for like kind of your background and, and, and your profile. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I am a community college transfer, uh, born and raised in Silicon Valley. I am currently in my first year at Berkeley as a junior I'm at Berkeley Haas, double majoring in business administration and applied mathematics at the moment. Um, that kind of wraps up my professional profile set up in my terms of my personal life. I, you know, I'm a Pakistani American, um, Muslim woman as well. Awesome. Got it. So you know, so you, you transferred, I guess, like, let's go back to the beginning of kind of this journey for you. So obviously, so you went to community college for a couple of years, then you transferred into Haas at UC Berkeley, right? Um, and I think that was right around the time when you decided that you wanted to do investment banking. Is that right? If I'm not mistaken. Okay. And so kind of like take us back to the beginning, like, so you just transferred, you decided you want to go into investment banking. And then like, what, what brought you to Wall Street Mastermind, I guess? Like, what was your situation at the time? Yeah, uh, great question. It's kind of an interesting story. So I knew I wanted to go into finance, even when going into community college. I was toying with the idea of investment banking, but I don't think I truly knew exactly um, the extent of what it was. And I also wasn't sure if I'd transfer uh, to a target school for banking. Uh, therefore, I remember I actually in January of 2020, um, so almost a year ago now, I remember seeing on LinkedIn something, Sam, that you had posted about investment banking recruiting. And you were talking about how you like to help students out. And, you know, obviously I'm a bit of a skeptic, so I wanted to follow you first and like see what your whole thing is about initially. Um, so I'd followed you, I think, back in January, February. And I, I really like the content that you're pushing out and the articles that you're writing about your experience um, with immigrant parents. And that resonated a lot with me. Mm -hmm. uh, so then I reached out to, I remember talking to you about how much that meant to me um, and how I'm looking to transfer. And when I'm deciding upon transfer schools, like I would really appreciate your input. Um, all said and done, I uh, decided to go to Haas, uh, but I still wasn't sure if I wanted to sign on with Wall Street Mastermind yet. Cause I just want to try it on my own and see where I could really get. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, even, uh, especially as a transfer, even with all the resources that I had, um, in a virtual space with the shortened time span, again, as a transfer, it was really hard. Um, I actually remember waking up one morning <laughs> where I, I stayed up the, uh, late the night before to compose a bunch of emails, uh, to a bunch, cold emails to a bunch of people I'd found on LinkedIn. And I used the boomerang extension to preset them to send in the morning, woke up in the morning, 60 to 70 of them all bounced back and I was just in tears and I was like I can't do this like I can't even get a call call with somebody how am I supposed to break into investment banking within literally the next few months like this is just not going to happen for me yeah. um so I was pretty close to giving up and that's when I said okay 
you know, I have been seeing the stuff that Sam's been pushing out on LinkedIn. There must be something real here. He has such a high success rate. Um, so I finally caved in. I said, okay, let's schedule, schedule a consultation with Sam and see, see how this goes. So that's what brought me here. Got it. Okay. So you, like a lot of people, you want to try it on your own first, which is a very kind of normal human reaction, I would say. Um, and then it didn't really work. And then that's when you're like, okay, fine. I should probably get some help. Right. Yeah. Um, understood. And then, so you came to Wall Street Mastermind. Uh, I guess we set up a call and we just kind of talked about your situation. Like you said, you're naturally kind of a skeptic, right? So I'm sure there were a lot of things that you were maybe somewhat skeptical about in the beginning. Um, like for example, if I just have to guess, like sometimes people talk to us and they say, oh, it sounds too good to be true. Or, oh, your, your success rate sounds too good to be true. So like, what were some of the skepticism that you might've had at the time? And kind of like, how did you, how did you kind of overcome that? I guess. Cause obviously eventually you ended up joining the program, but like, what was the thought process there? Yeah, no, I, um, <laughs> this is funny. I actually just saw a lot of um, posts that you were saying, t pushing out about, you know, uh, chats from students, about how excited they were and happy they were. And I was just thinking to myself, I was like, there's actually no way this is real. Cause like investment banking is so hard to break into. I don't know how he's getting so many kids through the door. Like this just doesn't make logical sense to me because I've heard so <laughs> many things about the high barriers to entry. Um, so I was honestly, it was honestly disbelief. Um, and what really pushed me over the edge is okay. I was like, you know, I can get a free one hour consultation. I lose nothing in this process. I just gain a valuable perspective and I pride myself in my ability to read people. Um, so during our call, I was totally reading you and I got such a good read on you. And I felt that you were very honest. Mm -hmm. um, I felt that you had a really great story for why you pursued banking. It definitely helped that um, we grew up in the same hometown a few decades apart <laughs> um, and that you uh, went to Haas as well. So yeah. that there was all these reasons um, that that trust had been established. And um, you were just very kind and warm. And I, I really appreciated how, how genuine you were and I just got a good gut feeling. I think that that's what it was. Plus the client testimonials. I was like, you can't fake that. That that's just real. <laughs> and now you're and now you're one of them. So yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> For all, those, all all of you guys who are listening, Santa Lina is not a paid actor. <laughs> no, I, I wish I was. <laughs> um, uh, kidding aside, guys. So then, all right. So we talked. You felt good about it. Um, you came in the program, and then so like, what exactly? What exactly changed after you came in the program? Like, what what do we do in the program with you? Like, what were we doing? Like, well, another you know, because another popular question we get is like, what are you guys gonna do with me that I can't do on my own? Like, mm -hmm. what what's the what what's really the value add here? Like, what what would you say to that? Yeah, um, great question. I think I'll walk through my story to answer that question and kind of the steps that I took. Um, I remember Sam, I showed you my resume and my past experience and I was proud of it because that that got me into Haas as a transfer so I was like oh it must be decent at least um and I remember you looked at my, my resume and you're like oh you know that that's cute startup experience oh how, how adorable um we need to get you a real internship <laughs> and I was like okay okay um pretty sure, pretty sure I didn't say it that way but okay. no, I know I know no no I, I'm exaggerating no I'm totally exaggerating no 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 you're, you're really sweet about it um but it, it was funny because I, I remember seeing your face and like oh you know this is nice but let's let's do better 
Um, so I, I was like, wow, okay, I guess, I guess there's a lot of room for growth, which I'm excited for, I guess. Um, and I remember you telling me, if you start with me now, you will have a private equity sort of internship um, that could help you with banking within the next couple of weeks. And that's why I kind of, you know, uh, pedal to the metal. I was like, okay, let's, let's, let's do this thing. So I signed up uh, within 48 hours. I had redone my entire resume uh, with the directions from Wall Street Mastermind and my resume looked so much better. And then once I had that, I was able to reach out um, to, for internships to get interviews and phone calls within the next couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And with, I had like, I think like eight to 10 offers um, from different firms all over the country, a virtual of course with COVID. Um, so I was just, I was so excited because I just did not at all realize that there, these opportunities were there virtually. I was, I was so bummed because I thought, you know, there's nothing in person, I can't do anything. Um, but I remember Sam specifically you saying that while people are scrambling for internships um, in the real world, in your program, kids are actually thriving in the virtual environment because um, we have more opportunities. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was really great, uh, learning about the resources from you, Sam. And then I think after that, I kind of just dove right in um, into interning and also also adding that to my resume and then also starting the network. And this is where the, the video modules that you have really come in handy in addition to the weekly office hours where we can come and ask you questions in addition to the fact that you're basically available 24 seven uh, by Slack um, and you're, you respond ASAP, which is really great. So I think all of that together um, helped a lot. The one thing though, that I will say is like, you cannot come into this program and just expect it to be some magical experience where it, it just happens out of thin air. Like you have to be self-sufficient and you have to have the discipline to put in the work. Sam basically says, here are the resources. I have laid it out in an organized format and done all the research for you. Now it's up to you to really take advantage of these resources. Right. So just know that you will put in work, but it will pay off. Yeah, no, that's a great point, which is, you know, we always tell people like, yeah, there's no magic bullet, right? And it's not, this is not what, this is not that, if that's what they're looking for. Um, the best analogy that I can think of is, it's like competitive sports. You're trying to get into something that's very competitive and you're, you're the athlete, you're the contestant and I'm just a coach, right? Like I can't play the game for you. I can't show up to practice for you. I can't put in the work for you. You have to put in the work, but as a coach, my job is to be here and coach you on, and teach you how to do things in a more efficient and effective way and give you the best game plan and best strategies to maximize your chances of winning but at the end of the day, the person who ultimately controls the outcome is the player, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm in more of a supporting role because that's all I can do, right? And so, yes, yeah, absolutely. Like if someone that, – that's the one thing that I loved about you too, though, is that when I talked to you on our first call, um, I could tell just like how driven and motivated – you were, you know, like, cause like sometimes people might think like, Oh, like this person went to community college and there's a stigma or whatever. Like not everyone goes to community college because they're not hardworking. They're not good students or whatever. Right. Sometimes it's just a smart thing to do, especially with how ridiculous uh, the college tuition is nowadays. Like it's, it's like the more it's, it's a, it's a logical thing for, for some people. Like I would say for the really motivated driven people, they're going to succeed no matter what. Right. Um, and I knew you had that in you. And so I, 
I was very confident that with those qualities and with the guidance that we would be able to provide you, there was no reason why you wouldn't be able to thrive, as you said, right? Thank you. Um, and so that's, that, but, but you make a great point. It's like, you, you come into the program, nothing's gonna get handed to you on a silver platter. Like you still, we can't make it easy for you, we just make it simple, right? It's like yeah. getting that relevant experience in private equity as your you know, first internship or whatever, like, it doesn't have to be hard. Like it's just you yeah. just have to know what to do and where to look and 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 that's it. Right? And how to interview and how to network with these people. And so we'll teach you all that. Right. And then you guys just gotta go out and do the work. Yep. Um, so you did that private equity internship, um, and then you started networking. And then what happened after that? Like because I'm sure a bunch of other stuff happened leading up to you know, ultimately your summer internship offer, right? So what else did you have yeah. to do in between? So during that time, that's when, again, I, I was going through uh, the resource that you provided and was understanding more about how to more effectively network and how to kind of get more responses to cold emails. And I also realized that I should call more upon my warm networks. I tap into my alumni network. Um, and I remember watching kind of the examples that you had of how to really connect with these people. And what I really appreciated um, about, about the way that you teach networking is you really emphasize the importance of nurturing the relationship and growing it and, and really learning from it and benefiting it, having a mutually beneficial relationship as opposed to, I feel like a lot of people have made it a bit cut and dry, um, you know, try to get an internship and use people. And I, I really don't like that mentality. And I, Sam, I really like the way that you emphasize that right. kind of nicer approach. Um, so that was huge, I think, just understanding that it from that perspective. Right. Um, and then from there on out, it, it was really just emails and phone calls um, for, for months on end, really just scheduling uh, phone calls. I know we do weekly check-ins in the program. So it was really helpful to kind of see like where other people were at, where I was at. And I was looking at it, you know, for a healthy comparison saying, okay, like I need to be doing this much more, right? Um, or I'm at a good place right now. This is good. Um, so that was really helpful. And I actually, oh yeah, there was also the database um, of, of that kind of helped us have people to reach out to as well um, within different banks um, with different email addresses. So that was proved to be pivotal um, in addition to that. Yep. And then really uh, simultaneously studying for the technicals. I think there is such an unnecessarily, again, high barrier to entry um, when it comes to some of these tech, access to these technical questions. Um, and it's so much, so much simpler than I really thought it would ever be. It's just when you're looking at it from the outside, you're like, oh my God, DCF, like LBL, like what does that mean? What does that mean? Um, but what I really appreciated again about the video modules and the way that you teach it in office hours um, as well is you simplify the concepts so much to like the rudimentary fundamental like definitions and really helps us understand and also not feel stupid in the process. Like we feel like we can grasp the information um, and build on our own. And, and you have lots of cool ways um, and like little study guides and cheat sheets and review sheets. Um, and I found that super helpful before my super day. I remember being like, oh my God, like I'm a little rusty on the technicals. I need to brush up. It's been a while. So I was going through those cheat sheets. I was obviously you have to do your own work. I was making my own note cards and also like doing that to, to kind of make sure your concepts were sinking in. Yep. Um, but literally would not, I, I even remember on my first call with you, I think you asked me, uh, to run some sort of depreciation expense through the three statements or some question along the lines. Yep. And I got it 
so totally wrong. Um, and I thought I was good at accounting <laughs> before that. Um, and then I remember by the end of the program, I did that same problem without even, like, I could do that in my sleep now, you know? Right. Um, that's just one example. But basically, uh, yeah, the way I ended up finding my current opportunity, I actually uh, called upon, I remember I found somebody in the Haas network uh, that put me in contact with an alumni who put me in contact with another alumni who was at a boutique bank that actually was able to push my resume through to the shortlist, uh, despite me as a San Francisco Berkeley Haas student being up against New York Ivy League kids. Um, I actually was able to thankfully with the help of the with uh the person at the bank beat out hundreds of kids so that was that was huge wow that's amazing yeah. <laughs> um, there's so much good stuff there i want to kind of like unpack some of that so um one thing you mentioned was uh obviously networking that's a huge part right you, you probably sent a ton of emails and phone calls for the past I mean, well, you came in the program in June, we're in November now. So, you know, it's been almost half a year, right? Yeah. <laughs> During that time, I mean, just to give people a sense of the scale with which you have to network at, like, do you have a rough idea of maybe how many emails or how many phone calls you ended up having? Oh, I think I have like a massive Excel sheet somewhere uh, to keep track of all of that. But if I had a guess, I'd say I probably had like, at least like, Oh, if you include that, I'd probably say, like, I'd say somewhere in the 30 to 50 phone calls um, in those six months, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you think about each one, 30 minutes to an hour, and then you follow up on with them, like, and that's a lot. Um, and probably pushing out, like, obviously more emails in that a week, because it takes a lot to get responses from people. Right. Because um, now everyone you email is actually going to have a conversation with you. And so you probably sent out, if you had 30 or 50 conversations, you probably sent out hundreds of emails. Yeah. Month, right? Easily. Easily. Yeah. Okay. So really, really it's, it's, and it's important on that end to have like a good system and process to go through that because otherwise, if you don't have a good system or process, one, it's super time consuming. And two, um, it's just hard to stay organized with all of your contacts and stuff. Right. I agree. Um, and then the other thing that you mentioned is like the weekly checks, check-ins in the program and how it was helpful to see where other people were at. And so I think that's one thing that people don't really think about a lot is um, the difference between going through recruiting as a part of this program and kind of like what a lot of people do, which is they go through recruiting on their own, is that um, environment is a huge thing, right? Like being, being in the right environment and surrounding yourself with the right people who are, you know, like-minded and also trying to accomplish the same things that you are. And then more importantly, like, are helping each other out like there's a community where it's not this cutthroat thing where everybody's out for themselves but you know like you you know this like even in our slack channel and our facebook group like our clients are constantly sharing whether it's intel with each other on different firms and timelines or interview questions or sharing resources with each other like just being a part of that is it, it just makes recruiting so much more bearable right? like i i remember telling you when that recruiting is fun because it isn't but it can be it can be lonely if you're just trying to grind yeah. it on your own and, and also like not i think like learning in a group environment the biggest benefit that i found for for our clients because before what we did was in a slack channel anytime someone had a question they would just like dm me right and i was the only one who saw that question 
And then at one point, like the, a light bulb went off and I switched it up and I say, Hey, let's create some channels where when people want to ask certain questions, they can ask in these channels so that everyone else can see it as well. Because I mean, part of it was for my own sanity. I realized that right. hey, people are asking me the same questions a lot of the times, but part of it is like, look, like a lot of times being able to see what questions other people are asking is also super helpful because other people ask questions that you didn't even think of. But then like, once you see the question, you're like, Oh, actually I, I have the same question. Right. So like, what's yep. the answer to that? And that just, that just accelerates your learning. And so like, and I think it's a similar reason for why a lot of people, um, you know, they join these finance clubs or investment funds or whatever on campus. And a lot of these funds have um, really good acceptance rates into different banks on Wall Street and stuff. And that's great if you're in a club like that. And we have clients that are in clubs like that, too, and they still find this program to be beneficial. Uh, but if you're not in a club like that, because not all schools have clubs like that or even the ones that do like it's super selective and hard to get into. Right. Um, then this is kind of just like the exact same thing, but maybe even better perhaps. Right. And so I think like that, that point on environment, like I can't understate just, uh, or I can't overstate how, how important it is really. Like you're, you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. Right. And yeah. everybody's winning together in the program. Like it's hard not to win. Like, it's hard not to have that belief because you look around and everyone else is, by the way, doing the exact same things that you're doing because they're being taught the exact same strategies and systems or whatever. And you see their wins and you're like, oh, wow, well, if they could do it, why can't I? Right. And that belief is like half the battle, you know? I, and everybody's starting from the same place, which is, you know, square one <laughs> so right. um it, it's really nice to kind of have that environment and camaraderie um it's it's not every nobody's out to get each other it's like a little a little family <laughs> virtually it's cute it's like our own little uh, our own little fraternity or sorority <laughs> or whatever co yeah. co-ed co obviously but <laughs> yeah and i know um, the transfer um i i didn't have the chance to really join those clubs you know um and, and it's it's those clubs that you're talking about are super great but I personally believe they're more beneficial when you join them as a freshman or a sophomore because it takes time to groom you up for a junior year recruiting season. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And for people that don't have opportunities to join those clubs, like myself, this was the perfect thing to get me uh, to catch up with the and other Honestly, groups. yeah, I mean, that's a great point, too, which is a lot of those clubs, they also – it's a little bit selfish, right? But like, they also only want to take younger students because it's more, it's easier to, for those students to get into like investment banking and jobs like that, right? And they care about where they're placing people because it makes their organization look more prestigious and selective and whatnot. And so that's why a lot of them, they're like, they don't want to take a junior because by then it's so late in the recruiting process they're not confident yeah. that they'd be able to help you get a job. Right. Yeah. And so you, you essentially have to figure out another way to, um, to make it happen. Right. Cause you can't, you can't just give up. Right. Um, and so I think that, that that's a great point there. And then the last point that you brought up was like on the technical side, uh, there's like an easy way to learn technicals and there's like a hard way to learn technicals. <laughs> it's like, um, <laughs> Most people, what they're doing, I think, is 
memorizing hundreds of answers from interview guides or watching financial modeling courses that are one to 200 hours long, literally, and uh, still not being able to answer the questions the way that they're asked in these interviews, right? Whereas like for us, I'm glad you said, it was just like, we just simplified everything, right? We simplify, I think the key word is simplify is like, it's not rocket science, but for whatever reason, a lot of the resources out there have made it so much more difficult than it needs to be. Like it's like financial modeling course is a perfect example. It's like, hey, on top of learning what a DCF is and being able to verbally explain that, let's also teach you how to build it out in an Excel spreadsheet and learn all the Excel functions and shortcuts and this and that. And like, guess what? You're never going to get asked to do that in an interview. Like, why are you doing that? <laughs> like, right. why are you doing that? So you're, you're only doing that because the company that's selling those courses, somehow they, they may, they've conditioned you to think that that's what's best for you. When in reality, it's not because it's causing you to spend so much unnecessary time on something when you could probably repurpose that time and, go and get a better GPA or go out and network with more bankers and actually get those interviews in the first place or go and do a private equity internship. Like all these things are just competing for the 24 hours that you have in a day, right? And you, yeah. It comes down to how you utilize that, that limited amount of time that you have to prepare. Right. And so, I mean like the technicals our our technical content. People are always surprised to hear this. Like it's 20 hours. Yeah. Seriously, it's it's not even that long. It, I mean, if you pause and like, you know, want to take more notes and stuff, like I, I can t totally see how it could take a little longer. But just the learning process the first time around is it's way more concise and to the point than a lot of the PDFs and guides that I was looking at on my own earlier. Yeah, we've had clients that um, joined the program and they had an interview within like a week of joining the program. Like, oh, my super day is in seven days. <laughs> it was like their first day in the program. And we're like... All right, well, I guess, and they knew zero technicals. And then they spent the next seven days just going through our technical modules and they were able to get the job, right? So it's like, wow. you, 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 if you really wanted to learn this stuff quickly, like it's doable, right? Um, and yeah. and with, with how early recruiting is nowadays, like, you know, it's always an urgent matter. Right? Like, there needs to be urgency around it. Um, but ultimately, so you got... It sounds like you networked your way, like not even through a first degree connection, but through like a third degree connection. This first person referred you to the second person to a third person. So obviously you crushed it with networking and then you got this interview and you went there. Um, were you like the only kid from the West Coast there or like it was all like East Coast Ivy school, Ivy League school candidates? Or did you did you actually get to meet the other people? Oh, you did the interviews probably over Zoom. Of yeah, it was all virtual. So I actually uh, don't know too much about what my competition was, but I'd, I'd heard from the banker that like there were, I think like 400 applications, um, primarily East Coast kids, also Ivy kids, obviously, because East Coast. Um, and they only had four spots. Um, I'm sure there must have been. Uh, I think in the short list, I do know there was at least one other person from Berkeley Haas. Um, but that's all, all I know of just one. Um, wow. But yeah so so they're yeah <laughs> so basically they took like one percent of their applicant pool right yeah and that's the thing is like i always tell people it's like the acceptance rate at a lot of these banks 
I, I throw out this 1% number. Sometimes maybe it's a little bit higher. Some banks is 2%, 3%, but regardless of what it is, it's not a high number. People don't believe me. They're like, like you're just saying that to scare us or whatever. It's like, no, these are like actual numbers. With the bigger banks, they hire a lot more than four people, but then they're getting tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of applications. So it's not really any easier, right? Um, what do you think it was that really made you stand out from the rest of these competition? Like in terms of the interview side of things, because I know obviously, hey, you got really good at networking. That obviously helps you get the interview. But once you get to the interview though, knowing technicals, I think that's one, right? Is there anything else that you felt like just really made you stand out? Because look like, let's be real, coming from a community college, transferring to Berkeley, versus other people that maybe, you know, went to an Ivy League school this entire time and started way before you, like, yeah, how did you overcome that? Or what do you think it was? Honestly, um, this, I think it really just came down to personality um, and warmth and, and, and really making an effort to connect with the interviewer. And, and you know, not, not in that cheesy way where, where you like overdo it and are kissing up. That, that's also just really irritating. It's a very delicate balance, I think, of staying professional, but, you know, just smiling a bit more and like um, just, just, you know, and I wasn't perfect in my interviews. I think I messed up a couple technical questions um, somewhere in there. Um, and that was my own fault because I didn't study enough. I didn't, I didn't review enough the night before. Um, so yeah. And, and the guy was super nice about it because when I slipped up, I had a positive reaction. I was like, Hey, you know, this is my best guess. Um, yada, yada, yada. Um, but please help me out here. It, it, um, how should I approach this? You know? And I, th I think that went a long way. Um, and just, I think just being honest in yourself, um, which is so cheesy again, <laughs> but I, I really think that's what got me, uh, through, uh, just having that positive aura. No, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right, which is that that's another great point, which is people put so much emphasis <clears throat> on learning the technicals and it's important. Don't get me wrong. It's important. You have to know your stuff, but at the end of the day, what's even more important is on the behavioral side of things. They want to see what type of person you are, right? Your behavioral interview, how you tell your story, how you let your personality shine through that stuff that can't be taught. Like, they 10 out of 10 times a bank would rather hire someone that they really enjoy being around and that they think is, um, you know, coachable and they can teach you all the technicals. Right. Yeah. Um, but like, if you know all the technicals and you're just a boring candidate or your story is just not very interesting, um, there's no, there's no overcoming that. <laughs> like, so, <Yeah. laughs> so I think like, Part of it is also probably just you did a good job on your behavioral prep and you were able to kind of like um, present yourself as a the type of candidate that um, they would be excited to have as part of the team. Yeah. Right? More so than anything, because I bet you, like you said, you messed up on a couple of technical questions. I bet you some of these other. Uh, oh, a hundred percent. There are probably people that aced it, but yeah. And then you still got the offer over them and they're probably thinking it's not really fair, but that's the reality of it is like so many people, they, they spend all their time on technicals. They barely study the behaviors or not study. They barely prepare for the behaviorals. And that's where that, that's actually a huge mistake. Right. So um, that's awesome though. Like obviously you got, 
an amazing outcome um, and you overcame some pretty pretty insane odds so I guess oh, yeah. my last question for you is what's one piece of advice that you have for maybe other students now who are in a similar situation as where you were before like what what's something that you know now now that you come out on the other side that maybe you didn't know back then and you as you're thinking about it if someone had told you this back when you first started maybe it would have helped you tremendously like what would you want to tell people I, I think there's a couple things um the first thing is like kind of similar to what you said earlier um it's not rocket science. I think you really need to believe that, that you are capable of it. I, I hit a, again, I told you about that, that low point uh, where all my emails bounced back. And I was just, I was just convinced I didn't have the competence intellectually to do this. I, I just thought, you know, maybe it was an accident that I got into Berkeley, like maybe, you know, um, but really, really do uh, stick it out because there is a light at the end of the tunnel if you keep pushing. Um, and in terms of if you choose to join this program, which I would really recommend because it is kind of changing the trajectory of my life as we speak. Um, <laughs> I would recommend treating this program as a, as a class, like, like pretend that there's a letter grade, pretend that the, the super day is your final exam and your life is depending on it because you know what your lifestyle that the lifestyle that you will live out of college actually depends on the work you put in right now in this program. If you want a six figure salary, if you want to live in, you know, a big house one day, support your family or, you know, buy all these material items if that's what you want to, which is totally fine. You put in that work now. So if you slack off now, then you will be just average leaving college, which is also fine if that's what you want. But, <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah. Just really, I think it's really important to take this program seriously. I, I kind of, honestly, I wish part of me wishes I put in um, more time during summer because I, I, I spread myself thin with internship and, and like five classes and doing this program. Yeah. Um, but you know, it ended up working out in my favor somehow, but if I could go back and do it again, I would study even harder. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think you make a great point, which is, um, one, having the belief <clears throat> and sometimes it's hard to have that belief. Like I said, because when nothing you're doing is working, it's just, it's hard to believe. Right. And again, so I think being in the environment, uh, where you see other people winning just like you. Um, and you have the exact same process and strategies that goes a long way. I think also some of the quick wins that you're able to get once you're in the program, like, wow, within 48 hours, my resume got so much better. That gives you more belief, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. Within like the first week I got eight to 10 offers with private equity firms. Okay. That gives you more belief. And then it just, you just build on that yes. over time and, uh, it's momentum. Right. And then now you're like, now you're in a groove and you're like, okay, I can, I can actually do this. Um, and that's huge. Right. And I think, like you said, like, look, the reality is most of us, when we think about our future selves, we don't really want to be average. I think it's fair to say most of us, like we want to live an extraordinary life. We don't want to be average. However, at the same time, most people aren't willing to do things that uh, do the things that you need to do to, not be average. <laughs> like yeah, most, people are exactly. only, most people are only willing to do the things that most people are already doing. And if you're only willing to do the things that the average people are doing, then you probably get an average outcome. Yep. Like, cause otherwise everyone, everyone would already be doing it. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. So I think those, that's, that's great advice. Um, 
guys, if you're still listening to this, like, you know, to wrap things up, I mean, there's so many good nuggets in here. I have so many kind of like key takeaways, but I think the biggest thing for me that I, that I took away from this um, is look, even if you come from a background or a profile where you feel like you're at a disadvantage or maybe you're a community college transfer, maybe you're starting late in the process. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you don't know anyone uh, around you who's done this people who's gone into banking. Um, it's easy to just kind of like fold your hand or, you know, have that self doubt and, and let that stop you from pursuing uh, the goals that you really have. Um, don't do that. Like rather what you should do is reach out and get the help that you need. Um, and, and at least just like get some advice, like, like San Lina said, like, what's the worst that can happen? You get some free advice for an hour. Right. Yeah. And, and maybe after that, if you're still not convinced and you still don't think you can do it, then don't do it. Right. But maybe, maybe after, after you get some advice, um, you realize that you can do it uh, and, and you want that help. Then if it's a good fit, which is not always going to be, but if it is a good fit, um, we're absolutely happy to help you. Right. Cause again, like I said, like we don't want to work with people that, you know, aren't willing to do the work because then we're not going to be able to get you the results if you don't do the work. Right. But like, look, if you're willing to do the work, you have the work ethic, um, you, you're resilient and you're ambitious and you, you have big goals. Um, and all you're lacking is the know-how, you know, all you're lacking is kind of just like, a little, you just need a little bit of guidance to point you in the right direction. Then, that's, that's exactly what we're here to provide, right? So if that's what you're looking for, um, what you can do to just have that initial, that free strategy session is you can go to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. Uh, the street's abbreviated to ST. So you go to wallstmastermind.com slash apply. And uh, we'll just hop on with you. Someone on our team will talk to you. Uh, we'll learn more about your situation. Like, Hey, what are your goals? What are you trying to do? And also what are the challenges that you're currently having? Right. And depending on what you tell us, we'll give you our best advice on what we think we would do if we're in your shoes and, uh, you know, lay out some sort of game plan uh, that, you know, either you implement with our help or maybe you take it and you go implement it on your own if you think you can do that. Right. So, um, again, you know, we look forward to talking to all of you, hopefully, but, uh, other than that, San Lina, I want to thank you again for taking so much time to talk to us and just share your advice with people who are, <laughs> who are going through the process now. And I think, look, you're, you're obviously, an, you're going to be an inspiration for a lot of people, hopefully. And uh, this could be a, this could really make a big difference for them. So I can't, I can't wait to see kind of like, you know, all the success that you have. Um, I feel like you're going to crush it in New York. I don't know. Like knowing what I know about you and your personality and stuff like that, I just feel like you feel kind of like a more of a New York person to me than, than a West coast person to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for New York. Thank you so much, Sam. Not just for all the nice things you just said, but for everything, like you're, you're the man. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. It was really fun working with you. Uh, and look, even now that you're done this process, like don't be a stranger, right? Like, of course. Sure, uh, if there's other things that you, you need help with, I'm, uh, I'm always here. You, you know how to reach me. So one Slack message away. So, yep. Um, all right, guys. That's uh, that'll be it for today. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, we'll be back with more of these for you guys in the near future. All right. Talk soon. Bye.
Did I stop recording? I think it's still recording.